25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y-Stick The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Let's go. Hour number two underway here with you today on this uh, Wednesday hump day. I'm Matt, live in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast and friendly service. It's what you expect. It's what you get at Farm Bureau. But today we're on location at Frank Chevrolet Buick GMC. Here in Kosciuszko, Highway 35 North. If you've never been here, you ought to slip on in. Uh, because Jake Wimberly is here, the host of The Drive in the Afternoons on 105.9 The Zone, and he'll sign you an autograph. He will. He's, uh, he's, he's, he came in today wearing red and black, so he matches the Corvette that's uh, in the showroom. We were joking earlier that he parked it here, but he didn't. He only wishes that he did, but he matches. You can get a photo and a selfie with Jake <laughs> and many of the others. And Stephen and the guys here at Frank's Chevrolet Buick GMC in Kosciuszko, so y'all come on uh, out. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, as always. And we're going to have a chance for you to be a part of the show. You'll be able to call. You'll be able to text and, and all that jazz. Uh, a little bit ago, we were talking with Mike Bianco, head baseball coach Ole Miss, kind enough to give us a little of his time here on Wednesday of Regional Week. Looking ahead of the weekend, they're going to face Jacksonville State Friday night in the first game for them. Uh, the mailman in Jackson was listening, and he texted the show, and he said, ask uh, Coach Bianco if he's going to help Jake Mangum pack up after the season is over. <laughs> you know, I'm going to say he's probably not, but he would if he needed to. And he and so many others are going to be happy to see Jake get on out of the league. They're tired of trying to figure out how to pitch to him. Jake's been a little bit of what, for him anyway, has been a seem like a cold streak, but you can bet that he and the rest of them are going to heat up for this postseason. It's kind of what they do. Uh, around there and it's going to be an interesting weekend in Starkville so speaking of that coming up in a minute or two here we're going to get a phone call if everything goes according to plan from Chris Lamonis the head baseball coach at Mississippi State look ahead to the weekend but meanwhile you want to text the show feel free 885-ESPN 885-ESPN send a text that way you can call the show on the Divinity Equipment phone it is 995-1059. A 601 number, 995-1059. Give us a shout. Right now on the Divini phone, Divini Equipment, Madison & Jackson, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. On the Divini phone is Coach Chris Lamonis, head baseball coach Mississippi State. They are the number six national seed, hosting three teams coming into town this weekend. Coach, really appreciate some time. I know it's a busy week, practice and everything, and preparations going on for teams coming in, but I, but first off, just a tip of the cap to you and a congrats on getting that national seed and being able to host this weekend and maybe next as well. Thanks. Well, I appreciate it. It's a lot of hard work by a lot of people and, and some great play by, by our team. But, uh, 
it's nice to host, especially the first year um, having the new dude. Uh, we're expecting great weather, big crowds, and, um, you know, it should be a fun weekend of baseball. As you're, you know, walking around campus to and from the field and the office and in town getting groceries, how many times do people stop you and ask you who you're going to pitch on Friday? <laughs> I haven't had it yet. Well, I have, I've had uh, interviewers, radio, yeah. <laughs> has asked me, but nobody in town yet. So okay. usually, um, I don't know, they're staying away from me this week. Yeah. Well, and, and how do you how do you judge and gauge that? I mean, without giving away, I have no expectation that you would tell us who's going to start. But, but yeah, how I don't do- know yet. I'm still thinking about it. Um, it it's hard because it has a lot of factors. And yeah. so the factors are, you know, Obviously, everything's about winning this weekend and getting through this weekend the best way. And mm-hmm. um, but there's a lot to be said for. I've always started my number one, to be honest with you, in a turn in regionals tournaments. Even when we were, I was at Louisville and we were hosting. You know, we would always start our number ones. But you, um, we're we're fortunate in our world. We have a couple. We feel like we have a couple number ones. So um, JT Ginn and, and Ethan Small have pitched really, really well this year. And Peyton Plumley's been very well of late. So we have you know some good options there. Um, but you're trying to manage the whole weekend. But, you know, the key to tournament play is winning game one and then game two and then, yeah. you know, make somebody fight out of a bracket to beat you and you're on, for us on our home field. Sure. Chris Lamonis on your radio right now. Um, Coach, when you have like a right-hander like a Peyton Plumley, um, who his stuff is so different than another right-hander like a JT Ginn, and obviously the lefty in – who's been so dominant in Ethan Small. When you're scouting other teams, how big of a deal is that? Teams that hit lefties versus hit righties and that particular part of the scouting report, is that a big deal or is it really not when you get down into making no, a decision? No, it's a big deal. I mean, sometimes you can't help it, though. Like, sometimes you can't help, you know, certain matchups and certain things because of, you know, the way you line it out. In baseball, you play, you know, the same lineup three times in a row, that tournament. Obviously, it's a little bit different, you know, and, and, and where we're at. But that's been, a, you know, to me, one of the keys to our team this year is, you know, when you look at our lineup, we, we almost hit identical against rights and lefts. So we don't have as many holes, maybe, um, to have a big weekend or, or that weekend. We're a little more right-handed on our mound, you know, but, um, but you know, you look across. It. So that's, 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 what, that's why we haven't made a decision yet. We're watching game film. We're watching, seeing, um, you know, seeing these other three teams that we've never seen before. Sure. Chris Lamonis on your radio right now, Coach. When you choose a excuse me a start time for that Friday game, whether you're going to take the first game or the night game, what goes into and what went into that decision for you deciding that playing the noon game is the best thing for you? Well, we didn't think it was noon, so okay. we thought it would be a little later. ESPN dictates the time, but we we picked the. All you do is you want the first game or the second game on the first day. Um, and you know, as you sit down strategically for the host playing the first game is best, um, for your fan participation, that, that changes a little bit. And I know we have some fans who can't make it to that first game, which is tough, but you know, the last couple of times they posted here, you know, um, they played the early game, LSU plays the early game. You want to get just, you know, and I don't know if we have any of it, but you make this decision months out, you know, of, you know, is it going to rain? Is it going to be? You know, it just hits you in a lot of different ways, and it's just strategically it's a better piece to play the first game. And uh, you get more rest, and then somebody's having to flip over and play, and it just gets tougher for, for your opponents. So that's why we did it that way. I had it two years ago. We played at Kentucky. Nick Mangione, who came from here, was used to that. And uh, 
we had to play. We played extra inning game that night, had to wake up and play on about five hours of sleep, and then just, you know, it just it makes it tougher to um, to come to that loser's bracket. Sure. I'll tell you one thing, though. I'm looking at the forecast, and somebody knew something, Coach. I don't know how you, you – you've had your thumb on the weather several times this year. 87 is the high for Friday. Sunny skies with a little cool breeze coming out of the northwest at about nine miles an hour. That's going to be perfect. Yeah, I, I'll take it. You know, I just you know, with these, in this world, you just don't want rain. Yeah. So it's going to be a little hot or a little you know whatever. But we just want sunshine and play. And we've been used to it. It was hot all last week in Hoover. It was you know it's been hot you know here for the most part. So we're used to it. We're practicing every day this week. We practice midday just to make sure that we're ready for it. But. Uh, you know the guys are—they're used to the heat. Sure. So if the number one topic out there in in fan world and social media world is who's going to pitch, easily one B is is McNamee back. Is Mac back? How's his pro, uh, progress to this point? You know he's practiced. Uh, started swinging this weekend. He's uh, been practicing all week. Um, he looks really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about running around. That's the biggest part for us. The swing is good. Um, I think we'll have Mac this weekend. I don't know in what capacity. What can he do all the way across? Can he play a full game? Can he, you know, um, running bases? You know, defense is probably. I'm worried about that a little bit. But you know, I think you'll see Mac in uniform, and and he'll be out there this weekend in some capacity. Okay, Chris Lamonis. Barring anything else happening. Okay, good, good. Chris Lamonis, head baseball coach, Mississippi State, on your radio. Um, what kind of team is Southern? Who you face on Friday? You know, uh, very offensive. They uh, man, they've stolen 135 bases. They've wow. they've hit 315 as a team, um, and and they've played really well. They got a really good coach, Carrick uh, um, Jackson, who I've known for a long time. He's he's kind of got that program turned around. Um, they'll come in here and play hard. Um, we don't know a lot of, as much about them maybe as others. There's not as much video on them, but they'll come in here and compete. And um, you know, we have to be ready to jump out there and be ready to play. When you um, have more than one team that that you're going to have to face uh, in a weekend, how do you juggle that? Like in terms of the time spent looking ahead to Southern, you're going to break that down. At what point do you also go to work on the other teams that are in town, Miami and Central Michigan? Well, I think the work you do on the uh, you know our, our our most of our emphasis right now is on Southern. Mm-hmm. But you're collecting all the reports, you're collecting all the stats, you're collecting everything. You know, in our world, you'd have the night and the next morning. That's kind of usually how we do it. Um, takes about four or five good hours to really prepare for somebody and watch game film. Um, so we kind of do it day-to-day, but we, we'll have everything in-house. So you spend all early part of the week getting all the different reports and talking to people. You know, a lot of conversations at this time of year of people who've played your opponents, trying to figure them out and their tendencies and then, we're we're doing that mainly right now just to see how we match up, yeah. you know, pitching rotations and all that type of stuff, trying to figure that out, and then, um, but actually putting the report together will be day to day, probably. Okay. Is there anything that you you know feel the need to say to your team or impress upon them, knowing that yes, with everything in the season on the line, you get in a regional play, but you're at home and you're going to be in front of twelve to thirteen to fourteen thousand. Is there just is there a different message for the team this week than normal, or is this same thing as any other weekend? Go out and play good baseball. That's pretty basic for us. Yes, it's uh, 
<clears throat> I don't want it to sound like a real cocky statement because there's a lot of good teams out there that played. But our message from day one, but our message, you know, especially when we got back from Arkansas, which was really a, a tough weekend for us in the year, is um, the focus is on our preparation and our focus is on us playing good baseball. And when we do that, we're one of the top teams in the entire country. And we just don't spend a lot of time, you know, worrying about opponents or other teams' ballparks or atmospheres, which we'll get to play here this weekend. But that really, I know they've gotten bored of me saying it, but I say it weekly, I say it daily. <clears throat> it's about us. It's about us. We'll, if we play good, we'll be fine. And um, uh, we just don't spend a lot of time. You know, everybody's been talking national seeds and all this, and, and we just it's just not a conversation around here. It's, it's just about us doing what we can do and controlling what we can do. It's a very coach speak and a boring answer probably, but um, – you know, I want my I want the guys to enjoy this week. They've worked hard for it to be able to host and play at home, um, and it's a lot of fun if you can relax and play free. Sure, Coach. Really do appreciate some of your time here. Middle of the week, big weekend ahead, and again, hats off. And thank you again for some time here today on the radio. Appreciate it very much. No problem. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Th- Matt. Thank you. Talk right. to you soon. That's Chris Lamonis, head baseball coach, Mississippi State, and uh, they got a big weekend coming up. Obviously, so a couple of things from that. If you just tuned in on the back end of it, no worries. Uh, we'll get it up for you on demand so that you can uh, check it out later on. If you uh, follow me on Twitter, you'll see a link coming your way soon. I'm Radio Wyatt. Of course, the podcast for this show, which is available, you can get the entire show. Just anywhere you get a podcast, just look up The Matt Wyatt Show and subscribe. You'll get it that way. So we'll make sure you get it if you did miss it. And you can go to online, thezone1059.com later and go to the on-demand section. You'll be able to find it that way. Uh, Jake Wimberly from the afternoon show, The Drive, here on The Zone, now uh, sitting down again across from me here at Frank's Chevrolet Buick GMC in Kosciuszko as we broadcast to you today. Uh, a couple things from that interview with Coach Lamonis. Number one, don't know yet who he's going to pitch, is what he said. You know, we're here on Wednesday has not made a decision whether it's going to be Ethan Small on Friday in game one, your normal ace, or throw somebody else. Um, and I, what I was surprised, he said he hadn't had a lot of people asking him around around town and campus. My thought is, you know, people run into coach, hey, coach, are you going to pitch? Yeah. But it might be one of those things, kind of like the kicker before he kicks a big kick, nobody talks to him, they just don't want to mess with him. Probably not. You know, Probably know he's not even going to shoot straight with him anyway. <laughs> he's not going to give and it I, away. I don't blame him, right? Yeah. I That's mean, right. You keep your competition guessing. You well, keep them uh, – they have to game plan for multiple people. That's right. And let's be honest. A lot of that is the last thing you're ever going to do before you play somebody is go out here and, like, openly disrespect them in any kind of way. Sure. And and if he goes – if he makes a decision that what's best for them, the plan to try to get through the entire weekend, is to hold Ethan Small until Saturday – then there's going to be this look of, well, that's kind of a nod of disrespect to Southern and you're not going to throw your ace against them sort of thing. And it, and and you don't want that building up throughout the week also if that's the decision you're going to make. Now, that's another thing that came out of the interview is he said, hey, in the past I've always thrown my number one guy, no matter who we are playing. When I was at Louisville or anywhere else, we just put the number one guy out there on Friday because you know winning that first game is the most important thing. That's kind of how I feel about it. Right. Do you have a preference? Do you have, if you were in Chris Lamonis's shoes, do you have in a way that you would go? Would it throw your ace against the four seed on Friday 
and therefore he's not pitching again the rest of the weekend. Or do you go to a Plumlee or somebody, and he throws against the four seed, who is a very offensive four seed, and you hold small at the risk of getting beat, and you're sitting there holding your best pitcher? Boy, it's an interesting dynamic. You know, Mississippi State was in this position several years ago. Yeah. When I think Ron Polk was still the head coach there. And I think I was at that super or at that regional. They threw, and I'm going way back in my head, not a Friday night starter against maybe Middle Tennessee State yeah. or somebody and got beat. Got beat. And then had to fight their way back, ended up losing to North Carolina that weekend. But, right. you know, I think it depends on the depth of your pitching staff. Yeah. Does that make sense? If yeah. you've got a strong Friday – Okay, Saturday, you're iffy on Sunday, then you throw your, head, your, your ace. Your ace. But State has had a really good bullpen. Mm-hmm. And not – I mean, there's some drop-off from one to two. Well, and he said that. He said, we kind of look at it like we've actually got more than one number one pitcher. Yeah. I mean, as dominant as Ethan Small has been, JT Ginn, if he's on, he's the first-round draft pick type of stuff. Right. Peyton Plumley is the right-hander who against certain lineups has this off-speed breaking stuff that they haven't been able to touch. You know, and think about this, Jake. Okay, so it's a Southern team. They they don't have the dominant pitching. They just don't have it. But offensively, they've stolen way over 100-something bases this year, <laughs> he said, and they're batting three fifteen as a team. So they can hit. And they're going to be aggressive on the base path. And they're going to be aggressive. So if it's a home run hitting team, you go, okay, well, if it's a home run hitting team, then, you know, and let's just say they've hit lefties better than they've hit righties this year. You might go Plumley because he's a right-handed pitcher who's going to keep the ball down. Everything Peyton Plumley does is down, down, down in the zone. He's not a home run, give up a home run type of pitcher. And maybe that matchup, you know, serves you a little better. Team that runs, I, I don't even know where to start in evaluating which Mississippi State pitcher holds runners better. Um, you know, Skelton's done a pretty good job behind the plate. Uh, it, at, at you know, throwing out runners and stuff. But, you know, it kind of seems to me because Ethan Small lives with the fastball, number one, so he's a, he's primarily a fastball pitcher, and he's a left-handed pitcher, which they always are going to have a better do a better job of holding runners at first base because they're facing them. It's much harder to steal off lefties than it is righties. That, that might be the best matchup because yeah. he's going to throw fastballs and he's holding runners well against a team that likes to really run, you know. So, heck, I don't know. I, I don't – I just feel like all those things said – like I go back to what I said yesterday. Winning a regional is so often it's just dependent on you got to win that first game. I know we've got other examples of when it went the other way. But you just see you have to get in that winner's bracket. You have to. And, you know, if you look at it, just best case scenario would be you don't throw your Friday night guy. You throw your Saturday, your Sunday guy. And you go win. And you go win. And then you let Miami and um, Central Michigan. Central Michigan, thank you. Whoever. Yeah. Get into the, get into a game where they kind of get into each other's bullpen a little bit. Yeah. And then you come back on Saturday and you've got a dominant upper hand. Not that that always matters. But, again, kind of back to football, you, you have the better guy on the hill versus the other guy, if that makes sense. Yeah. But you're right. If you don't win the first game, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. And see, that's the thing to me is it's always, for me, it's interesting because it's really like a life philosophy. People have different ways of looking. They have different lenses that they look at life through. I'm someone who I look at life through a lot of times known versus unknown. Known quantity 
versus unknown quantity. That kind of thing, right? So that's a reason, like, I don't gamble. It's because the unknown, I don't like it. Right. I don't like it. There are some risks I'm going to take, but there are some unknowns. I'm not touching them with a 10-foot pole because it's not known. Sure. So because of that, I got $20 in my pocket. That's the known quantity. I can count on that. Unless somebody comes and hits me over the head and takes it, I got 20 bucks. Therefore, I'm not taking it and chancing it on the unknown, right? It's not a right or wrong philosophy. It's just different ways people look at things. Yeah. So for me as a coach, I might not be a good coach because I'm going, I know I got to win the first game. And I know who we're playing. Heck, I can sit right here and say I'm going to hold Ethan Small until Saturday. We don't even know who we're playing Saturday. It could be, you know, Miami. It could be Central Michigan. I don't know. So the known quantity is I have to win the first one and I know who we're playing and I'm putting my best guy out there because he gives us the best chance to win the first one. For all I know, <laughs> the unknown, we, you know, a, a, a meteorite may come out of the sky and crush us all after the ball game <laughs> on Friday night. Right. <laughs> if that happens, I want Ethan Small to be the one that pits the last game. So the known versus the unknown. And, and frankly, it's just a risk. It's just a little bit of a risk to have to go with the unknown. That may pay off. But it's a gamble. Yeah, and I can't disagree with anything you just said. And I think if you sat down 10 baseball coaches, you would probably have a variation of 10 different opinions on how to approach it. How to approach it. Uh, You're right. Yeah. 10 different ways. Just getting started, hour number two here on the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Rolling along with you here on this Wednesday, middle of the week. You know, as crazy as people are about baseball in the state of Mississippi, and again, you know, you look at this, the population in the state of Mississippi right at just a hair under maybe 3 million people, and the fact that you're going to have ten to 15,000 people at an Ole Miss baseball game on Friday, Saturday, again, You'll have ten to 15,000 more people at a Mississippi State baseball game Friday against Saturday. Yeah, you'll send two, 3,000 Southern Miss fans down to Baton Rouge to watch them play this weekend as a three-seed down there. Um, really, per capita, nobody in the country supports college baseball the way they do uh, here in the state of Mississippi, and that is just a fact. Speaking of facts, let me give you a couple. Uh Another fact is that the show is coming to you today here. I'm on location at Frank's Chevrolet Buick GMC in Kosciuszko, right here on Highway 35 North, the largest dealership in Itala County. Y'all can visit them online if you want to check it out yourself, frankschevy.com. Another fact is that Stephen Franks is sitting right here with me. Again, and Stephen, since the last time I talked to you, it's starting to smell more and more like lunch in here. It is getting lunchtime, and, and, and that's the time that we need to sell cars, too. <laughs> that's right. It's a good time. So don't hesitate to come up to Kosciuszko. Hey, everybody going to that Mississippi State ball game, if you're coming from Jackson, down the Natchez Trace, we're about 
15 or 20 minutes out of the waste, direct to Starkville, and you can come by here and get a good deal in the process and on the way up there. And we sell maroon trucks. All right, maroon ones. Um, yeah, so I actually came down the trace here. I live in Tupelo and came down the trace, hopped off, and that's what I didn't realize. I mean, the dealership really is only about, what, two miles, just maybe. About three right miles off, probably from the trace. Three yes, right mm-hmm. off the trace. You come, uh, as I came off, I came right by the school. The big sign says Whippets. I'm going to go out there and take my picture in front of the Whippet sign. Maybe the most unique high school uh, mascot uh, and nickname that you're going to find anywhere uh, right here in Kosciuszko. All right, so if if let's just say uh, I'm a customer. I I come in, I, I walk into Frank's Chevy Buick GMC here in, on Highway 35 North, and um, let's say, and then I go through the shopping process. Maybe I talk with you or someone else here, Stephen. What then? Once I've kind of identified, okay, this is the vehicle I want, what's the process then that they're going to go through? Well, Matt, you're going to make sure you like that vehicle, and when you choose that vehicle, we're going to make that buying process real simple. All at ease here at Frank Chevrolet. Uh, The finance process will be real simple. We'll make it real quick, and you'll be on your way within just a few minutes. Right. Drive it off the lot. Make your driving dreams come true at Frank Chevrolet. <laughs> what about test driving? Kind of, what's the policy on that? I mean, if do I if there's something I've been interested in, I just come here and I just dr- drive it. You know, half sure. a day or sure. I mean, that's that's all you know subject to a deal. Uh, but we will we will make your driving dreams come true, and you can test drive it and make sure you like it. We want you to be happy when you leave here. Sure. And so again, it's right here on Highway 35 North in Kosciuszko. As you're listening, just pull out your phone from C Spire. Well, don't do it while you're driving, but when you get a chance, look up frankchevy.com. You can kind of see what we're talking about. And, and Stephen, I notice, you know, you, you got the name Franks. It's your name here on the front. Family owned. Like, how, does, how far back does that go? Well, it'd be just me, first okay. generation. Uh, I've been at this dealership for 10 years now okay. and, uh, and grateful to be here. And uh, we try to treat everybody real fair and give them a great deal. You know, myself – small business owner uh running a business 10 years a long time in business you don't stay in business much less thrive for 10 years unless you're doing it right we try to do everything just like we just like we'd like to be treated treat others like we'd like to be treated it's one thing you know we talk about the size of the state you know you um in in a place like Kosciuszko or any other you know the people that you're dealing with your customers or the folks that you know you're, you're seeing at church and when you go out to eat and you're sitting in the stands on Friday night, so there's a there's a bit of a hometown feel when and they recognize people, they see people they know when they come in the door here. That is right. We 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 treat everybody fair, and don't have to live in Kosciuszko to buy now because we sell cars all over Jackson and Madison and sure uh, Tupelo, uh, all over the state. Sure. Well, and I think a reason for that again is there's a personal feel to it. You know, some the truth is sometimes you go in a place and. It's a little overwhelming. You know, there's a lot of people you don't know. Sometimes there might be a feeling of they're a little too busy for me, you know, in some places. But, you know, I, you just Not don't get that Not at Frank fe- Chevrolet. Come you here and we'll make feeling. you feel comfortable. Yeah, you're comfortable. It's just a comfortable feeling here. So my hat's off to you. Y'all really well, do a great you. job. Thank you for what you do. Yeah, glad to. And so speaking, so your first generation, there's the next one. That, That's right. That'll be running. Miles, Miles has already said he wants to sell cars and preach on Sunday. <laughs> That's awesome. Attaboy, Miles. How old is Miles? He's fixing to be six. Okay. About to be six years old and already has his has everything figured out. He's got it all figured out. That's great. I have a seven-year-old at home. Uh, she's, you know, seven going on 17, you know, that kind of thing. And she wants to be a veterinarian, already knows that. 
Well, that's Artie good. Lewis. That's yeah. good. He wants to be a veterinarian. It's great when they figure it out at that age. It is. It'd probably change up. <laughs> a few times. Stephen, thank you, man. Hey, thank you, Matt. I appreciate y'all coming and uh, remind everybody what kind of good deal they're going to get now. Absolutely. All Here right, at Frank Chevrolet Buick GMC. Here on Highway 35 North in Kosciuszko, that's Stephen Franks. So y'all come see him and uh, Miles and everybody else here at uh, at Franks. They'll help you out. And really good folks. It's been a real fun time to be here today. And I'm glad that uh, Jake's been able to kind of sit here and join in. Hey, speaking of that, I think I'm going to have Jake uh, join in on the 100 teams in 100 days countdown. That's coming up next. So today is number 94. Yeah, 94 days away from the start of the football season here in Mississippi on August the 31st. That'll be the opening games for State and Southern and Ole Miss. And um, you will have you'll you'll see other countdowns. You know, people will do those around the country because they'll count down to the week before, which is the you know official start of the college football season. You'll have games that week of the 24th, but around here for our purpose. You're looking at August the 31st being the official kickoff for college football. 94 days, 6 hours, 54 minutes, and 50 seconds until August the 31st at about 6.30 p.m. is when they're going to put it on a tee. And as we were talking earlier, Jake, man, that's going to be here before we know it. Man, it is. I'm excited about it. Um, you know, we're I'm constantly pushing, you know, my content out, uh, you know, football coverage that Alabama preview last night we put out. And so just continue. Where to do I find it? CFBHourglass.com. All right. I saw where you tweeted that link, and it it reminded me of football season because y'all sent out a bunch of content last year. Yeah. And doing it right now. CFBHourglass.com. Yeah. What is that for people that don't know? All right. Basically, the name Hourglass is just kind of through the looking glass because, you know, an Hourglass runs. It's kind of a dorky little name. But you had yeah. to tag it something, right? Something. So, it had to be something. Yeah, yeah. But basically, it's an analytical way of, of looking – at, at college football. Uh-huh. And, you know, not the only one that does this. Dave Bartu started this years ago. Bill Conley, SB Nation, does this. Uh-huh. Several guys, uh, several other guys around the country, uh, Adam McClintock and others do this. But basically just an analytical way of trying to be as objective as possible, uh, taking the fan side out of things, looking at, you know, recruiting metrics, quarterback metrics for every team, looking at, uh, you know, uh, basically coaching metrics, offensive, defensive scoring efficiency, coming up with a, yeah. a souped-up number, right. and then pairing the two teams and saying, hey, this is what we feel like analytically should or should not happen on right. a football field. Gotcha. Now, obviously, it's not 100%, yeah. but it's just a different way of looking at, at uh, college cool. football. Very cool. Very cool. Hey, let's go to the phone line. Uh, Jay's been hanging on for a while. Jay listening in Baltimore, Maryland. Jay, it's a pleasure. Instead of a text, we get your call on the Divinity phone. What's up, Jay? Well, hey, Matt, look, it's decisions like this, who to pitch on Friday, is why they pay Lamontis the big box. Right. But I think Jake said it best. I said He said, you know, in an ideal situation, you win game one without one of your horses. Uh, and I think that that would be, you know, it really would be the ideal situation because that sets you up in a huge pitch, pitching advantage going forward on the weekend. Mm. Look, in my opinion, to take true advantage of being number one seed, but if you already have an advantage being number one, could you play a four? But to really take advantage of it, I think you got to be courageous. I think you got to rely on your hitting. That's your strength. I think your concern is your pitching. Um, I think you got to take a chance and go with Plumley first. And uh, if you get through that, you, you, it just sets you up for an ideal situation. Jay, um, I don't think anybody could possibly argue, you know, with the way that you lay it out there. And, and that's just the honest truth. Hey, and listen, 
I really appreciate you calling and laying that out there, and I'm going to discuss it as soon as we come back from the break. Jay, thanks for calling me from Baltimore, man, and thanks for listening. Thank you. Jay in Baltimore. You hear him on the text line. Now you got him on the phone. We'll get back to that next. Really appreciate Jay in Baltimore, Maryland, who listens. He's originally from Clinton. Jay, appreciate you, man. Thanks for the call on the uh, Divinity Equipment phone. He texted afterwards. He said, thanks for getting me on live. I hope it came across okay. And he, he's going to plan to try to give us a call a little more often from now on going forward. That's great. Jay, I always enjoy hearing from you. Yeah. You know, uh, Jake Wimberly here with me from uh, the drive in the afternoons here on The Zone. We are live right now in the Farm Bureau studio on location at Frank's Chevrolet Buick GMC here on Highway 35 North in Kosciuszko. Um, his, his, it's a good one. You know, he said this is a thing where if he's the coach at State, he takes that risk yeah. and says, you know, what gives us maybe not the best chance of winning the first game, but the best chance of getting out of the weekend is to hold Ethan Small until Saturday and throw someone else on Friday. And that's the way he would do it. He said he would take that risk. And, you know, again, different people have different ways of looking at things. But the way he laid it out, you can't argue that in a perfect scenario, you win the first one and you've got Ethan Small to throw in that game, too, against either Miami or Central Michigan. Yeah, that is a perfect scenario. So, if you want to try to set that up, then that's the way you got to go. No, I, th- I agree. And, and like we said earlier, I think you could talk to ten different people and get ten different variations of how they would approach the weekend. Um, but, again, like you referenced, and I like the way you framed it up a couple segments ago about the knowns and the unknowns. What you do know is, guess what? If you don't win, your season doesn't advance past this weekend. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, you've got to get out of this weekend. That's that's the goal Ever how the coaches feel, uh, and Jay said it best. Look, he get you know Lamonis is getting paid big bucks with his staff to figure this whole thing out, and you would hope that you come through Friday with as little of casualty in your bullpen as possible. That way, you're set up with you know all arms ready to go Saturday and Sunday, whatever that that scenario may be for the next forty eight hours. Right, and it would be the perfect scenario. Yeah. Also, um, on the text line, Fluffy Bottoms says. Man, I wanted to get out there and meet Mr. Banana Hands in person, but I keep passing up the exit because I can't spell Kosciuszko. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it is it is difficult. It is. To, well, for me it is. I can't speak for you, but it is for me. So. <laughs> it is. It's not easy. The The way that I remember how to spell it whenever I need to is uh, the pronunciation that helps with the spelling phonetically. So I say it in my head, Kosciuszko. If you say Kosciuszko, then you can spell it. But if you just say Kosciuszko, nobody's got a clue No, that it's actually spelled the way that it is. In fact, it is K-O-S-C-I-U-S-K-O. It's Polish. It is not Native American. All right. Without further ado, it is time to roll along here on something that began last week. The countdown of 100 teams in 100 days leading up to the start of the football season. Man, let me tell you, Jake, Roger loves this music. I bet he does. I do, too. I do, too. 
I'm a throwback football guy, so I love it. This is like some old NFL films. It is. You know, you got the slow-mo video of the Cowboys and the Packers putting their hands down. And, oh, yeah. You know, steam coming out their nostrils, you know. It didn't get any better than that. All those guys are all taped up and everything, muddy. <laughs> those old old thin arm pads they had yes, all had them taped right, up. Right. Yeah. Like those were doing anything for them <laughs> right. at all. 100 teams in 100 days today, 94 days until August the 31st. And team number 94 on the countdown is from the American Athletic Conference. I didn't even know that earlier, and Jake had to alert me. But I'm going to play their fight song for you. The USF, the South Florida Bulls. Here's a fight song. That ain't bad. It's a little ragged. I can run for that. Yeah. I could come out of the tunnel. Yeah, I think, that. I think I can make myself bust through the paper. For that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a little rough shot, but it is what it is. All right, so let me give you some info about South Florida, then let's see what Jake knows about it. First up, interesting facts about the University of South Florida. Do I have even the right? I think I've sent myself the wrong link here on this one. Yeah, so I, I, I did. I got the wrong link on that one. Let's look at the football staff. Do you know who the head coach is at the University of South Florida? Well, that would be one Charlie Strong, former head football coach at the University of Texas, former um, very successful defensive coordinator at uh, Florida, but I think – wasn't he a D coordinator at Texas also? He was. He was there for a little while yeah. uh, under Mac Brown. That was the end of the Mac Brown tenure. You know, and he was a very successful head coach at Louisville. People forget that he was the head coach at Louisville when Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback there. That's what he did. He parlayed Bridgewater-Louisville into the Texas job, basically. Uh, so, Charlie Strong, and he's doing a pretty good job there. But one of the reasons – that it seems like he's doing a pretty good job there is because of his quarterback, Blake Barnett. Yeah. Recognize that name? I do. Transferred in there from Alabama. I thought that he was out of eligibility, but he's not. Okay, so in 2016, he was a freshman at Alabama. Let's see, and he played in three games and actually started one game for Alabama in 2016. Then he transferred to Arizona State in 2017. Uh, then he transferred last year to South Florida. Was pretty doggone good last year at South Florida as their starter. Not great, but pretty good. And has one more year of eligibility left, and so he'll be their starter this year. He was, let's see, started 10 games, played in 11 for them last year at South Florida. Barnett threw for 2,700 yards, 61%, 12 TDs, 11 picks. So the 11 picks is out of skew for all the other numbers, which are pretty good. Sure. But that's a they're pretty good on offense. Remember the name uh, Sean King? Oh yeah, former Tulane quarterback. He is their quarterback's coach at South Florida. Found that interesting. So I'm going to look here at uh, the schedule for South Florida. They're going to begin the season hosting Wisconsin. Now isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's a tough draw. They're going to host Wisconsin in the non-conference week one. Then they're going to play at Georgia Tech non-con week two. Week three, they'll beat South Carolina State. Week four, they'll host SMU. 
and who knows. Then the rest of their conference, so you look through the AAC schedule for them, <clears throat> they've got games at UConn, at Navy, at East Carolina, and they're going to play their season finale at UCF. Their home games will be Cincinnati, Memphis, Temple. Oh, and they're going to host BYU also. So they've kind of got a late, you know, middle-of-the-year non-conference deal, going to host BYU in the middle of October. So that's a little bit of a look at their schedule this year. So year two with Blake Barnett at QB. Year, um, what will it be? It'll be year three for uh, Charlie Strong as a head coach there. If you look at their look at their schedule last year, Jake, I'm going to turn this around where you can see it. If you just kind of look at it and eyeball what they did last year, look how strong they started the year last year at South Florida. You know, I remember because we were at a Maristar Casino event, shameless plug, afternoon. And um, that Houston game, watching it over there, I, I had actually put money on South Florida. Did and then really? it's weird. The disaster just started to happen. Like you said, <laughs> one, two, three, four, five. They lost six straight games in the season after I, starting out undefeated. I mean, that right there is straight out of Steve Spurrier, South Carolina land. It and is. That is start the year 7-0 and oh, and then finish the regular season on five straight losses. So they beat Elon. Then week two, they beat Georgia Tech in a great ball game in Tampa, 49-38. to Then they beat Illinois. Um, Lovey Smith in Illinois, what is that all about? Oh, that's, I mean, just, that's a train wreck. So they started 3-0. and Then they beat East Carolina. East Carolina was bad, and it was a close game, 20-13. to But they still win it, go you know 4-0. and 5-0 and with a 58-42 win over UMass. I bet Danny Isabella had about 500 yards receiving in that game. He scored 42 points at UMass. They go 6-0 with a one-point win at Tulsa, 25-24. And then they're 7-0 with a 38-30 win versus UConn. 7-0, sitting pretty. But there should have been two indications in there that maybe they're not dominant, and that is they struggled against East Carolina and then struggled against Tulsa. Because when they ran into Houston – they give up 57 points in that loss at, at Houston, 57-36. And that team just quit. Yeah, they did. They lost it. And, and so then the next week they lost 41-15 to to Tulane. Lost 35-23 to Cincinnati. 27-17 to to Jeff Collins and Temple. Finished the year with a 38-10 to loss against UCF. Then they played Marshall in a bowl game, lost 38-20, to lose by 18 points in a bowl game. Uh, it, it's it's hard to find a team that can be seven and zero and then play that poorly and give up that number of points in the final you know six games of their season. Yeah, it's it's weird. And I remember watching that Houston game; they just got beat to sleep. Houston could do anything they wanted to do offensively; they could do right. And then after that, it, it's weird how teams sometimes hit a they hit a, a a road bump, so to speak, and then they just can't recover. Can't recover. Yeah, we've covered nicely here today on this show. Been uh, on location, Frank's Chevy Buick GMC in Kosciuszko. Jake, thanks for being here. Hey, thank you, Matt. Appreciate it, man. It's it's great to visit with you, be with you today. You too. Really enjoy. Y'all listen to Jake in the afternoons, the drive on 105.9 The Zone, and visit thezone1059.com. For everybody here in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau Go at the Home Team, I'm Matt. It's been good to be here at Frank's Chevy in Kosciuszko. More cowbell. I got your text, and I may use that to start tomorrow's show off on the baseball discussion. Appreciate it very much, and thanks for Roger, everything you do. We'll see you all tomorrow. See you then. See you. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.